0: You're listening to the Eagles Insider Podcast. Now here's your host, Chris McPherson.
1: The 2015 season, for all intents and purposes, is upon us. The Eagles report for training camp on Saturday. The first training session is Sunday. And Tuesday marks not only the first open practice, but the first padded practice of 2015 training camp. I'm pleased to be joined here by Bo Wolf. Hello. Fran Duffy. What's up, guys? Bells. it's
0: time. Back in the saddle. You're,
1: you're big time, C-Mac. You got your name in the intro and everything. What can I say? Wouldn't it wouldn't be possible without you guys, though. That's right. Please. I know how to dish the assists here. I'm going to throw touchdowns like Bradford All right, this let's season see. here. So we have a new home for a podcast, just in case you didn't know. We have a channel dedicated exclusively to Eagles Entire Podcast, so make sure you subscribe to that, as well as Fran's Eagle Eye in the Sky Podcast, which is uh, the first episode of the season it is already up. It's Correct. already up.
0: So, look for that. Subscribe to that podcast.
1: So, we also have the Journey to the Giraffe podcast. That will run throughout the season, not just the offseason. And we also have the official Philadelphia Eagles podcast channel. So, make sure you download and rate and comment, whether it's on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you let us know, because we want this to be the best Eagles podcast, and it's all about you, the fans.
2: That's what it comes down to. And we want to rise up in the rankings, obviously. That's Certainly.
1: part of it. So, in a few minutes... We're going to catch up with second-year wide receiver Josh Huff for the interview. We're going to get things started with our three and out. One,
3: two, three, three. Three is a magic number.
0: Three, three. Now it's time for three and out.
1: I like that drop. Yeah, that's a great drop. (laughs) Ryan Thomas.
2: I like the biggie in the beginning especially. Months in the making. (laughs) Yeah.
1: BT, phenomenal job. Producer BT, Chris Stevens also with us as well. Guys, doing a great job behind the scenes here. So, this is our training camp preview. So, Beau and I will each discuss a storyline to watch. And I'm going to take the easy way out. I'm going to take the low-hanging fruit, so to speak, and go with the quarterback position. Now, everyone is going to have their eyes on Sam Bradford's progress. We saw glimpses of what he could do during the OTAs, the spring session. The arm looks live. Just has to get his feet underneath them. Now, he, we won't know until Sunday if he's a full participant or not in the training sessions. We're all keeping our fingers crossed. All the reports out there to this point indicate that he will be, but we'll know for sure come Sunday. But I'm going to explain why, that there's plenty of optimism regarding Sam Bradford. First, I'm going to put this out there. I think he's the most talented quarterback that the Eagles have had since Dominic Knab. Interesting.
2: What about about, uh, Michael Vick in 2009? Or
1: 2010, rather? 2010? I still think... More talented? talented oh. More talented. Maybe as a, as a pure pocket
2: passer. I think you can have yes. the
0: discuss. The argument can be made either way. To me.
1: That's a one, okay. one possible but, but, question. Okay. But I still think overall. Right. Since McNabb. Okay. Sure. Second, you're reuniting Bradford with Pat Shermer. The man who guided him to the offensive rookie of the year honors. Back in 2010. Yep. Same season. He's now in a similar scheme. Like he was when he was at Oklahoma. Where he won the Heisman Trophy. Guided the Sooners to the BCS National Championship game had plenty of success, made him the, the most touted, the best prospect since Peyton Manning, is what the Eagles thought when he came out in the 2010 draft. He's reunited with DeMarco Murray, sure, the man he was handing the ball off to. He's got a plethora, tons of receiving options. I've told you this stat before, Bo, off camera. Danny Amendola, former Eagle, had 689 yards receiving in 2010. No Rams receiver in Bradford's tenure had more receiving yards.
0: Wow, six
1: hundred and
2: eighty-nine. Does that does that mean all Rams receivers, even when Bradford was not playing? Correct. Oh wow. Even a little bit, even wow. including last
1: year. Wow, six hundred eighty-nine last year alone. That's crazy. Jerry Macklin. That's a good stat. Jordan Matthews and Zach Ertz each topped that total.
0: Excellent. I like that. That's good, a good
1: stat. One. Last two seasons that Bradford has played in. So obviously not two thousand and fourteen. Right. He has a TD interception ratio of 35 touchdowns against 17 interceptions. The man knows how to take care of the football. And, and that, they um, called a lot of checkdowns.
2: Well, and he well, also didn't who have, have any good receivers. Look who he's throwing to. Exactly. Exactly. That's
1: added to my yeah, point I here, think the but,
2: upgrade from Brian Schottenheimer to Chip Kelly and Pat Schirmer is, is about as big as whatever quarterback upgrade we're going to get.
1: And last but not least, everyone wants to know about the knee. Injured it injured back-to-back seasons. Research has shown Eagle's research has shown that the chance for another injury is only ten to twelve percent, so I think overall, and Dr. James Andrews, who performed both operations, feels pretty good about his chance to become fully healthy back to where he was before the injuries.
2: yeah, I mean to me, the big question is just is the injury because if he's healthy, he has everything Chip Kelly wants. He has the size, he has the arm strength, the ability to, to get the ball out quickly he 's got great downfield accuracy. It's really all about, all about the knee to me. Uh, and if he is healthy, I think he gives Chip what he wants and, and this offense can, can hum again like it did two years ago. I mean, and not like last year's offense was bad. It's two years in a row no. of scoring a franchise record for, for points scored. So uh, I think really it, everybody's going to be looking at that knee and, and how, how he performs. And I don't really uh, have many doubts that he'll be able to pick up the offense quickly. He's a very smart guy, and, and I think he'll really be good in every phase of the game. It just depends on the knee to me.
1: And if you're worried about... Can he handle being a franchise quarterback? He has not done that to this point in the NFL. St. Louis is certainly not Philadelphia, but Oklahoma is yeah. a big-time program. No question. Carry that to the national championship game, so I think he can handle the pressure. Yeah. So. And again, Mark Sanchez, I think he's going to try to push for the starting job. I thought he looked great in the spring. Matt Barkley, I thought, had a very underrated training camp in preseason a year ago. Just totally lost in the shadow of Nick Foles and Mark Sanchez, the performances they had. We got Tim Tebow. We're not even, you know, getting to Tim Tebow and Can GJ Kinney. You know? Listed as a quarterback, despite uh, playing wide receiver, yeah, yeah, and that's, running back. That's the yeah whole thing. So yes, we'll throw him in the mix. I know yeah. for our position preview, I think we had to include exactly. him. He's still listed that way. So so that's my look at the quarterback position. Obviously, okay. Sam Bradford to me gives this team the best chance. Certainly, Mark Sanchez proved that he could win. You know, four and four is a starter. You count the Houston game, five and four, gave this team a chance. But I think the ceiling is just so much higher. If Sam Bradford is back to full health and the guy
2: all right, I think that's good that. and I would agree that that is obviously the main storyline heading into Eagles training camp hashtag Eagles Camp. Yes. Uh, my one that I'll focus on is is the offensive line uh, because it's the only position and you know after this this crazy offseason of change uh, that Chip Kelly engineered after taking over control of the of the roster, every position that that the Eagles have had some change this season is either obviously better or there's a clear succession plan from last season. So quarterback, obviously, whether or not Bradford turns out to be better than Foles, that decision was made, obviously. Running back, I think we can agree, better top to bottom. Wide receiver, we'll see how they replace Jeremy Macklin, but we've got Nelson Aguilar, we've got Miles Austin. There are guys there to compete. Cornerback, certainly better than it was last season. Safety, I think we expect, hopefully will be better. Walter Thurmond better maybe than Nate Allen. We'll see what happens there. But there is there are guys there to compete, even at outside linebacker. Brandon Graham replaces uh, uh, Trent Cole, and we'll see how that depth shakes out. But on the offensive line, that's the only place where we don't have either someone who's definitely better or we know who's going to step in. At left guard, I think Allen Barbie we agree, is going to be very, very solid. Evan Mathis was a, a two-time Pro Bowler. I don't, I'm not dismissing him but no. Alan Barbie I think can step in and, and take over that job right guard though who knows what's going to happen uh you know you've got four or five guys competing uh Matt Tobin probably I guess the slight favorite you've got John Moffitt who came back from being out of football has starting experience Andrew Gardner Dennis Kelly uh none of those guys has ever started more than eight games in a season uh, I think if I would if I were to handicap it I would put like Odds at starting week one at right guard, I'd go Tobin 40%, Moffitt 30%, uh, Gardner 20%, Dennis Kelly 5%, and the field 5%. The
0: odds on Moffitt are interesting. I, he's yeah, I, I I a mean, former third-round pick. He obviously yeah, has exactly. talent, no question.
2: And if he gets it all together, maybe he's he's the guy. But uh, And what concerns me is not even necessarily who's going to start at right guard, but what happens if everybody doesn't stay healthy on the offensive line sure. like they did two seasons ago? The drop-off from, from Mathis to Barbie may not be great, but the drop-off from Barbie as your sixth offensive lineman to maybe Gardner as your sixth offensive lineman is a little bit more worrisome. So uh, I think that this is the area where if it works out for the Eagles, Chip Kelly has really earned uh, our trust in that he was able to he, – he can make this offensive line work without uh, maybe – the best caliber of talent, and, and we'll see how the roster uh, moves forward. I mean, we were all surprised they didn't take an offensive lineman in the draft. Sure, uh, Maybe one of those undrafted guys will will come in and, uh, and and make an impact, but finding out the state of the offensive line through the preseason games, through training camp practice, that's that's uh, one of the things that I'll be looking forward to. I was
0: to. right, and you didn't include Malcolm Bunch. My guy. <laughs> Is that's that your, your, guy? That's your That's your. I don't know. I, to, I think he might be my guy. Yeah? What about Brett Boyko? Derek's I, I, I like. Lo- <laughs> lo- I like Brett Boyko, too, but Bunch. I've has always been a Josh position. Andrews fan as well. That's true. So. You you you've been on the Josh Andrews bandwagon for some yeah, time. Yeah,
2: maybe coming off that, we'll see.
0: All right, we'll see. Um, all right. So the the position I want to talk about was the secondary. Obviously, a huge point of contention with the Eagles fans last year, uh, both at corner and at safety. Uh, the departure of Nate Allen at the safety position left a hole there. That uh, look, there's a, there's a crew of guys that could look to take that starting job back, and uh, it could be Walter Thurman to a lot of people. See has a better fit inside whether he's at nickel corner or at safety as opposed to outside a corner where uh, he has played a little bit in the past. Jalen Watkins obviously was a fourth-round pick in 2014. Uh, didn't see the field too much this past season, but will have an opportunity to compete both inside a corner uh, at nickel corner and then also at safety. Chris Maragos, Chris Brzezinski, and then obviously Earl Wolf as well. You've got a group of guys that, look, if one of those guys can step up, and even if they – to me, and you guys know, I've always been – a Nate Allen guy. I didn't think that he was nearly as bad as some of the in the fans or some of the media would lead you to believe. Um, if you can repeat and kind of get that same level, I think the Eagles will be in good shape there at safety. Um, and then at corner, look, obviously the Eagles are looking to improve there. you got Byron Maxwell, who was uh, the jewel of the free agent period. Uh, Chip Kelly has said he was the best corner, the best defensive back on the market uh, when you look at their board. But then you look at Nolan Carroll and Eric Rowe, who are going to compete in camp for that starting uh, position on the outside you got to like what Roe brings to the table with his length, his physicality, his athleticism. Uh, really excited about what Roe can bring. And then you've got Ja'Cory Shepard, who was a, a sixth-round pick. Sorry, excuse me. Uh, Shepard, I mean, his size, his athleticism, his ability to play the ball in the air. He's going to be really, really intriguing moving I like forward. Sheppard. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to see Shepard in camp. Uh, and then you've got Randall Evans as well, who was drafted in the sixth round. So uh, Brandon Boykin, EJ Biggers. I mean, there's talent all over the place at the cornerback position. I'm excited to see that. Denzel Alex Rice getting some buzz as well. That's true. That's a good point. So... Yeah. Uh, and Jerome Coupland. Don't forget about him at safety. So there's I would
2: remember Denzel Rice before. I'll remember right, Jerome Cuplin. How about that?
0: Should we
1: just pull out the whole roster and have you go through name by yeah. name? Just yeah. name every single guy. Maybe a couple of weeks. So what we're going to do now is we've given you the biggest storylines to watch during training camp. We're going to delve into some of them a little bit later on in the program. But up next, Bo and I are going to present the interview. Second-year wide receiver Josh Huff. Can he make that proverbial leap from year one to year two? We catch up. With Josh Huff
0: and now it's time for what you've all been waiting for the interview our first
1: section of the interview we welcome in wide receiver Josh Huff as we look ahead to training camp it's less than a week away finally can get things rolling here Josh as you get ready for your second training camp, what's it like knowing that you're going to be out there working with the first team and having a chance to be a starter in this offense this season?
3: Uh, man, it feels amazing to uh, finally get the chance to work with the first team and um, just get out there and all the things that I worked on this past offseason is finally coming in the hole. And, um, I just can't wait to get out there with the ones and, and, and show the coaches what I can do and show my teammates what I can do most of all. Where did you feel like you had to improve? Just being more consistent. Um, it's still things that I need to work on. But most of all, I just need to be more consistent, um, be where I'm supposed to be, when I'm supposed to be there, catch the ball first, then try to make a play afterwards and not trying to do too much. Be comfortable and, and be confident w- with everything you do.
2: The uh, the confidence thing is, is very interesting to me, Josh, because wide receivers are you know thought to be the, the most confident group of guys. And, and through high school, through college, obviously, you're getting the ball a lot. You're dominating. You're mm-hmm. you're the fastest guy on the field. What is it like to to have that uh, as a rookie? You're not getting the ball quite as much. What was it? What was it like in in your head?
3: Just to go through that whole thing, um, my rookie year, it was definitely humbling. Just because from being a guy through high school, from being a guy through college, and then um, coming here and going up against top competition, and then um, the injury that set me back is just it was just a lot to take in as a rookie and, and me wanting to be out there, me wanting to get better each and every day with my teammates. I just fell behind. And when I came back, I was further behind than I thought I was. And, um, the whole confidence thing, it, it, it's a big deal, especially when you're, um, coming in and you're expecting to do so much from yourself and, um, then you can't do that. And then when you do get your opportunities, it just, um, things doesn't go your way and then the confidence goes away. Um, and then it, it just starts hiding from within yourself so um, I guess you got to find a little balance there th- to to find that confidence and if you do mess up on a play, just forget about it and go on to the next because um, you're gonna have plenty of opportunities do you think
2: confidence is is more important for a wide receiver than other positions
3: most definitely um, because People think just because you're a wide receiver, you're supposed to catch the ball every single ball that's thrown to you, and um, you're not going to have a bad game, or you're not going to have a down game or whatnot, but you only can control what you're controlling. If you just so happen to drop a ball, forget about it and go on to the next play, because it's it's a guarantee that the quarterback is going to come back to you, and he's expecting you to make a play for the team. So I
1: would wonder if it would be a cornerback, because you're the guy getting beat consistently, and there's not a whole lot you can do. And It seems like it's easier for the wide receiver to win versus a cornerback who's you know, basically his play is being dictated by what the wide receiver does
3: I play both positions but I I just think that in certain coverages you have help over the top and um, you're funneling them into the side or or whatnot but when it's man on oh man you're on the island then As long as you don't get beat deep, I'm pretty sure that it's okay. Um, But at the same time, you want to be the best and you want to bring out the best. So that brings the competitiveness out of you and you want to, again, be the best at your position. So, um, I mean, my whole thing is, uh, as a receiver, you have to be confident. You have to be confident in everything that you do.
1: You and Chip Kelly have a father-son type relationship. Did you go to him throughout the course of the year to tell him how you were feeling, to tell him how you were having a hard time dealing with the ups and downs of the rookie season? During offseason,
3: um, like I said, when I when I had the drive home, you know, I, I thought and contemplated on everything that, you know, the things that I did well last year and the things that I needed to work on. And after I figured out what I needed to work on, I did give Coach Kelly a text message, shoot him a text message and see what I can do better or whatnot, and he was just like, be yourself. And um, once he told me that things started to click and um, I just started to be myself and be confident in everything I do and just have myself relaxed. And when I got here, when I came back this offseason into OTAs and minicamp, um, it was just it was just like second nature. And um, I was making plays during OTAs and OSPs and minicamp and all that. So, um, But, of course, I still had those, those lapses where, you know, I would drop a ball here and there. But because of the things that I went through this offseason, Um, I immediately forgot about it because, you know, you can't you can't worry about that play when you have to worry about the next play. And if you're worrying about the last play on the next play, then it's just going to lead to bad things.
2: We want to, you know, we want to move forward and I don't want to (laughs) harp on uh, on a a maybe tough rookie year. But was there uh, was there a point where you remember thinking that that maybe that was the the lowest point of your rookie season? And what helped you sort of uh, get out of it? Aside from the the drive, I guess. Who who else was helpful towards you?
3: My wife, um, my dad, just just taking a step back in life and just remembering how I got here and just really focusing it on, on why I love the game. And, um, the thing that i probably really thought about the most was, um, this off season, my wife got pregnant. So congratulations. That, thank you. Thank you. Um, that right there alone, just put me onto the next level because I have an extra mouth to feed and, um, it's a child of my own and you know, you, you don't want to let, let that child down. Um, you want to give him everything that you never had, man. Uh, that's the biggest thing for me right now is do everything for him and, and do everything for my wife.
2: The the kickoff return touchdown against the Titans. Uh, we we do these these events here uh, at the Novacare Complex where the coaches sort of talk to uh, guys and, and show film. And Coach Phipp was showing the week of practice mm-hmm. preparing for the Titans game that you guys had scouted their uh, their specific return team. They had one guy who was slow on the outside. Mm-hmm. You're going to get around him. How were you surprised that it worked out so well exactly as you had practiced it and, and speak to just the level of uh, preparation that you guys do on special teams?
3: Uh, special teams here is it's like offense and defense. We prepare like, you know, if it comes down to the last kick of the game, we're going to do everything to win. Our main goal is to score every time we get the ball, whether it's punt return or kickoff return. Um, and if it's kick, cover, uh, punt, we're looking to get the ball for the offense um, and I mean, Phil—he's a exceptional special teams coach, one of the best coaches in in the uh, league. And um, for us to score so many touchdowns on special teams last year as we did, um, it catapulted us into the next category. But you know, certain things didn't go our way on offense, and um, we all wasn't clicking at once. And once we're able to click all at once, then it's it's just gonna be a fine tune of things, and um, we're gonna see great things. And I mean. Like I said, the special teams here is like no other. You know, we take it very seriously. We have individual blocks each and every practice where, you know, we're honing in on our techniques and um, what we can do better and all that. So, no, I wasn't shocked at all how well it worked out. What were you thinking, though, as you were uh, scoring your first touchdown, going 108 yards? I mean, once I crossed the goal line, it was just like, wow. Um, After you stiff-armed that guy on yeah. the ground.
1: Wait, wait, wait. What school did that guy go to? I
2: don't remember who it was. Was it Brandon G? Was it Brandon G. Yeah? Blake Forest. Yeah, disown him. <laughs> so uh
3: but um once I crossed the goal line, it was just a sign of relief. Um just to see all my hard work pay off and my childhood dreams come to life. It was just it was just uh a fun sight. I mean, and it just made me want more and um I'm looking for more this season.
1: Did you play a lot of running back as a kid? I did. You can tell because what I love about your game is that when you get the ball in your hands, whether it's after a reception, whether it's on a kickoff return, you have great vision, you know exactly what to do with it. It's almost like watching a running back get the ball in space. Do you have that mentality almost as a receiver that as soon as you get the ball, you almost turn to a back and Most definitely, make a transition?
3: Um, you also run so angry. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I love contact. Um, not many receivers would say that, but... Uh, I love contact. Um, I feel like DBs get to take their anger out on us when we are coming across the middle. Why can't we take it out on them when we have the ball in our hand? So you know, I I love to get hit. I love to give out hits. Um, and I mean, like uh, I think it was Marshawn Lynch. Um, he was like, he's gonna get got, but he's you know he's gonna give it more than right. he get got. Mm-hmm. So um, that's how I see things. And it's gonna be plays where I get hit, but best believe I'm going to remember that number, I'm going to remember that name, and I'm going to try to get them either on a crack block or when I get the ball in my hands.
2: About the sort of searching for contact, um, when you got hurt in the preseason, was that that was on a similar play, right, where you were sort of dishing out the hit yourself? Yeah. Did you have to sort of learn uh, when the, the right time to do that is? Was there a, a talking point with the coaches about that?
3: Uh, on a play that I got hurt during the preseason with the Patriots, it was just one of those plays where um, I had kind of, did like a little quick jump over the pile that right. was in front of me. And um, the guy had filled in the hole. And um, as I was coming down, I, I put my head down and uh, just kind of gave him like right. a big blow. And um, it The affected, guys are bigger in the NFL. Yeah, though, it, right? it <laughs> affected him and me right. at the same time. But I really didn't feel it until I bounced off of him and tried to reverse and, um And then I felt my shoulder just – it didn't feel right. So that's when I went down and – um, after I went back and watched the film, it was just like, okay, now that I know, um, I, I I can't t- take certain shots at a certain time. Um, I gotta just get what I can and get down. Um, but if I'm in open field and it's me and a defender or me and a defender and two defenders, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna go look for contact. All right,
1: Josh. As we look ahead to training camp here, what have you seen out of Sam Bradford? All eyes are on him and what he's going to be able to do once training camp gets underway during the OTs and mini camp periods. What did you see out of the new quarterback?
3: Uh, Sam, he's an exceptional quarterback. He has great vision. Um, he knows what he wants in a defense. And um, and when, when he sees something in a defense, he'll look one way, and he's he has great eyes. Um, that's what I can say. and um, he, He's his arm is pretty strong, um, and I, I've heard Zach say that a couple of times. But, um, yes, his arm is definitely strong and um, get the ball out really quick. Um, I know during – I think it was we, – we was doing 7-on-7, and as soon as I turned around, like, the ball was up on me. So uh, I was just like, okay, now <laughs> okay, now we – okay, now I got to really get my head around. He throws dimes. Um, he looks out for his receivers. He has the perfect touch on the balls when you're coming across, when you're coming in. And um, on deep balls, you have perfect balls. So um, I'm excited to see what he can do um, this season and for our team and see if he can lead us to the um, promised land.
2: How about the, uh, the receiver group? Obviously, you bring in Nelson. You've got you and Jordan and, and Riley still coming back. A lot of people wondering, is Jordan going to stay in the slot or is mm-hmm. he going to move outside? Where are you going to play? Are you going to do both? What? Without giving everything away, or even if you don't know, what what do you expect for this season?
3: Um, I'm pretty sure that what you guys seen um, during mini camping and OTAs and OSPs is where we're gonna be lined up. But again, it's all about matchups and creative mismatches. Um, sometimes you may see me on the inside or in the backfield or out, out wide, and sometimes you might see Coop on the inside at slide, and sometimes you might see Jordan on the outside at, and Nelson in a slide, and we have those type of receivers in our room where. Um, we're so versatile, and um, we can create mismatches all over the field. So um, I'm definitely excited to uh, see what we can do.
1: You played for Chip Kelly at Oregon. Mm-hmm. You've obviously been here now through first year and a half, getting ready for your second season. How would you compare the vibe, getting ready for this training camp as opposed to when you're getting ready for the seasons at Oregon with what Chip Kelly is trying to do here?
3: Uh, I mean, last year when I first got in, um, the vibe was good um, going into training camp, but me being here um, throughout the offseason and, and, and going into training camp, I just feel like this vibe is it's uplifting, way more uplifting. And you have guys that are busting their butts each and every day, and um, we all want the same goal, and we're all looking forward each and every day to, to practice and going out there and competing. And um, I don't think that, that you get that everywhere else in the league. Um, there's guys out here that are hungry and and you know we're just ready um it's it's a great feeling being around these guys and like I said, it's uplifting um you come in each and every day wanting to work with those type of guys.
2: How about you Josh, when when you're uh, away from the complex you know we've got you've got a baby on the way you've got your wife what do you, what do you do when you're not here
3: uh we moved we just moved to new jersey um Moving to the birds. So, uh yeah. So just I, an old married couple. <laughs> <laughs> I have a basement. I turned that basement into a man cave. So okay, what do you got? That's your sanctuary. Oh, give us, give us my the setup. sanctuary. What do you got? So when I come home and I, I go unwind, I go downstairs. Um, either I watch TV or play play some Call of Duty. Um, me okay. and my dog Argo. Um, play play with my dog downstairs, and or um, we go on like some walks, long walks or whatever. Most of my time when I leave here, I'm just. Um, Unwinding and just getting away from football as as much as I can before the next day start and, and go from there. What's what's in the man cave? Um, first, I have a projector. Um, nice. I have all like my memorabilia from college. Um, my first um, NFL touchdown. Uh, my preseason touchdown ball. I got those in a case. Um, I have all my shoes lined up down there. I have my Nintendo 64 down there. Mm-hmm. I uh, have my arcade game down there and the little stick. Ooh, what's what yeah, game? Yeah, what Pac Man and Tetris. Oh, nice. Okay. Um And whatever else is in there. I've always um, thought
2: about like what what arcade game would I get? I use I think I would go NBA Jam. Yeah. Who
1: wouldn't be a Jam's yeah, classic?
3: That's, that's most definitely. Um, and I'm waiting on my Jugs machine to get there, and that's gonna be down there in the little storage room. It's Wait, big. your own
1: Jugs machine? Mm-hmm. You gonna be able to actually right in practice there? in your in that's, your basement? That's a big yeah. Space. In the-
3: <laughs> yeah. All right. I remember who was
2: it? Who's uh, was it? Jason Avant, whose whose wife would like throw him tennis balls in the backyard or really? something like that. Or, so, so, I believe. So is, it, is your wife gonna 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 have to feed the jugs yeah. machine? Uh,
3: well, I told I was gonna teach her, um, but uh, <laughs> I can't get her to throw me no no real football. It's kind of um, we still gotta work on that. Yeah. Uh, but how you quickly you can get the baby motion. up to speed? Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's that's when it's gonna come down to um, tennis balls. So I have yeah. to see where where her arm is at with the <laughs> tennis ball. <laughs> is the crib downstairs yet? Oh no, not yet. It, we're we're not gonna the man let cave. the yeah. I'm the waiting man to cave. see yeah, That's we'll the real the test if cave. that eventually ends up down there. No, not the, That's no, the, not the test, man cave. So. Not the man
1: cave. Josh Huff, first episode of the interview here on the Eagles Insider Podcast. Josh, best of luck at training camp. Thanks for having me.
2: Look forward to you uh, running angry, running over some guys. Most definitely. <laughs>
0: time to get ready for game day it's time for enemy
3: intel all
2: right we are back in the studio on the uh, eagles insider podcast known by some as eagles beakley i can say that with with chris out because it's just bow and fran here Uh, and this is important if you search eagles beakley you should still get to the Eagles Insider Podcast channel. It's, Fran put it in the metadata.
0: I, I, it's the tip of the cap to Bo, because so, you know, I knew he would ask me about it. I, I felt the need to make sure that that could happen.
2: All right, so back here on Eagles Beakley, it's time for Enemy Intel, where every week uh, Fran and I will talk about uh, some of the things that we need to know. You guys need to know about the opposition that week, but obviously with training camp on the horizon, that's not necessarily the case right now. So what we're going to do is talk about the three NFC East teams, Dallas, the Dallas Cowboys, the New York Giants, and Washington, um, and we are going to say uh, they're, they're big storylines heading into training camp. So let's start at the top with Dallas Fran, uh, and I think that the big question immediately is how do they replace the man who spurned them to come to the Eagles, DeMarco Murray?
0: Yeah, it's been a big topic, uh, you know, throughout the past couple of months because of all the meat from, left on the bone, exactly. i I'm, all the analogies that come with it as well. So, uh, you know, I think that. Joseph Randall looked pretty good in the in the he's, minimal speed. He's fine. Joseph yes. Randall no is question. fine. No quite I think that in that scheme, I think that he should put up decent numbers if you're a fantasy football player. I think that I don't know that he's gonna match what DeMarco Murray did last year, obviously, but I think that he could be a nice player if he's the full time back. Now, Darren McFadden is there as well. Uh, we know Darren McFadden's got a load of ability, so we'll see exactly what he's a- if he's able to bring that to the forefront with that offensive line blocking for him. Uh, it's a stretch scheme. It's a one cut scheme that theoretically he should have a lot of success. in. obviously he's struggled to have success throughout his career. So after being a top five pick coming out of Arkansas, which is Jerry Jones' alma mater, that's one of the reasons why he's there. But, uh, I, I'm going to be interested to see how this all pans out. Uh, I would lean more towards Joseph Randall, I think, being the, the lead ball carrier than McFadden. Though.
2: Any interest on your part in uh, Lance no. Dunbar, Ryan Williams, or Lake Strong? Well,
0: I did see today, actually, that they are going to release Ryan Williams. Oh, well, then so they're, so you can cross him off the list. He was a former second round pick. I saw pick. people like predicting that Ryan Williams yeah. was doing that job. Give well, me a break. But yeah, because he was a former second round pick, well, and it's like, it was kind break, of a chic that's thing. what well, happens to his body. Sure, right, exactly.
2: All right. What's your, other, uh, your main storyline?
0: Well, the other thing with them is just can their defense match the level of their offense? Uh, obviously they, br- no, they bring the back answer. Oh yeah, they bring back Tony Romo. Uh they re-signed Des Bryant to that big deal. So now uh can their defense step up? You know, you've got Rolando McLean, who got suspended. Sean Lee's coming off the injury. Uh the That'll second this yeah, the secondary's got to stay, you know, has got to be consistent because uh a year ago, you know, you had guys uh that were very very up and down. Mo Claiborne hasn't exactly worked out yet. Uh they've lost a lot of guys at the second level of that defense with Anthony Spencer leaving. Justin Durant, Bruce Carter have all left. So uh, they brought in some help from the, from the, in terms of a pass rush. Greg Hardy, Randy Gregory. Uh, we'll see if both guys can take the field and if they can be productive for them. But uh, the, that'll be the big question is can that defense look to at least come close to matching the the output of that offense.
2: All right, let's move on from Dallas to the New York Giants. Uh, they made some interesting moves in the offseason. One that, that piqued your interest, Fran, is adding some help beyond Rashad Jennings and Andre Williams in the passing game, at least, at running back Shane Vereen.
0: And Vereen, everyone knows, has been you know kind of that do-it-all Swiss Army knife for the New England Patriots over the past few years. And I think in that offense, he almost could be used in a way, and I'm not saying he is this guy, obviously, but he almost could be used in a way uh, that the Packers have used Randall Cobb in the past uh, as a guy that can get moved all around the field, uh, they, you know, The, the Packers have put uh, Randall Cobb into the backfield. They move him into the slot. They put him out wide. I see Vereen as that kind of a player uh, in a similar offense to what uh, they're running in Green Bay. I think Vareen could be that kind of a Swiss Army knife for that offense. And look, that offense, Eli Manning in the second year of it, I think they're going to be kind of scary, especially you have Odell Beckham for sure. Uh, I think Larry Donnell's is going to take the next step. So uh, the, yeah. the the big question is, can that offensive line hold up? Which is the second part of the uh, of this segment. Um, you know they brought in Marshall Newhouse to be a backup. He's going to get forced into the starting lineup now because of Will Beatty's injury in the off season. They drafted Eric Flowers. He's definitely going to have to start now if they want uh, Justin Pugh to slide inside the guard. So. Uh, they've got some players there, but now they're going to have to do some shuffling because of the injury to Beatty. Can Marshall Newhouse uh, withstand being a every game starter? He sh- hasn't shown in the past that he can do that, so that'll be a big question for them moving My forward. My
2: question for the Giants is always: How many interceptions can Eli Manning throw? Because <laughs> you know he he always manages to surprise you uh, and and uh, throw more than you think. But I mean that offensive line beyond those five guys is pretty weak. I'm looking at I'm looking at the their Arrow their, our, their our lads depth chart. You know what their backup left tackle is, according to Allards, at least? This may not be in their board, but. Right.
0: Michael (laughs) Bamiro. Really? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, They've also got Dallas
2: Reynolds in there, so. Well,
0: who's their. They have Flowers as their starting left tackle. Yes. And Newhouse is the starting right tackle. Right. Emmett Cleary is the backup right tackle. They've got John Jerry, who started for a few years. That's what I'm talking about. They're they're, in an issue right now. And they also. Who's going to start
2: at safety next to Landon Collins? Cooper Taylor? Yeah, good luck to
0: Cooper. Yeah, and that's a, that's an issue. So okay. like, they they lost uh, a number of guys to say they lost Quentin Depp's, they lost Stevie Brown, they lost Entrell Roll. That was why they needed to bring in Landon Collins. And we we've talked about we talked about it all spring. What are the issues with Landon Collins and coverage? Uh, it'll be interesting to see how he is play how he's used and then how he ultimately performs this fall.
2: All right. So that's the Dallas Cowboys and the New York Giants. Now we move on to the team in Washington. Uh, and Fran, it starts where it starts for every team at quarterback. Can Robert Griffin? finally look like he did as a rookie
0: that's the question and you know you talk to a guy like Greg Cosell who obviously watches all the tape certainly uh, does and uh Greg will say look he he was as down as anybody on Robert Griffin III a year ago especially in the middle of the season uh would say that you know how lost he looked back there uh how the timing just needed to get completely reworked from scratch and now you know towards the end of the season how he improved a little bit so can he take that improvement from the last couple weeks of the year and build off of that and hopefully you know for their sake uh, take the next step. So RG3, if he can take the reins, as that starting quarterback? If not, uh, will it be Colt McCoy? Will it be Kirk Cousins? And if that's the case, it will be more of the same, most likely, for Washington. Um, the other question is going to be on defense. That's secondary. Uh, it's been an issue for them for years, for really as long as we can remember. They've put a lot of money into the position you know, as of late, but as is almost always the case with Washington, the money hasn't always uh, resulted in uh, a hu- huge production. So you've got Chris Culliver, who they brought over the 49ers. Stand-up guy. Yeah, another former 49er in Deshaun Goldson, who got a big money deal from the Tampa Bay Bucks and didn't work out. Uh, they brought him into the fold. D'Angelo Hall is coming back from that torn Achilles he suffered against the Eagles a year ago. So a lot of question Jerron marks there. Johnson,
2: who McLuhan knew from his time
0: in that's, Seattle. That's true. Yeah, And that, that's the thing is that, uh they've got a personnel guy personnel guy there now and Scott McLuhan who you know has has quite the track record. I think that he's got them on the right track. For this year though, those are gonna be some of the big questions.
2: All right, well that'll do it for the first edition of Enemy Intel. Now it's time to bring C Mac back in the fold and I'll take over as the game master. It's game time. <laughs>
0: Get out your scorecards. It's game time. <laughs> <laughs>
2: that's pretty good. We're all hearing these drops for the first Oh, well, Chris and I are hearing these drops for the first time, not Fran, but that's pretty good. Yeah. All right. Well, it is game time, and uh, I guess I am the game master. So uh, today we're going to go with a game that uh, became very popular during uh, Journey to the Draft podcast presented by AAA. I was trying to think of a better name. Maybe I will later, but for now, it is once again, who will be?
0: The classic. All right, the classics. Right. And so these
2: are all training camp related questions, training camp and preseason. Uh, we're gonna start with a couple of preseason ones. All right, you ready? Let's preseason, so let's do it. Okay. Preseason. Who will who will lead the Eagles in rushing in the preseason? Ryan Matthews. Ryan Matthews. You both say Ryan Matthews. Yeah, I'll go Ryan
1: Matthews. You know, he's not gonna be the number one guy, but I think he's gonna get enough of a lead role in the preseason, you know, the second, third quarter guy that... I think he'll be the guy.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with the same, you know, for the same premise that uh, he may not be the lead guy, but he's going to get a bunch of those guys in the second, third quarter. I see Matthews is the leading. Rusher. I'll
1: take
2: Kenyon Barner. Okay. There you go. All I'll take right. Kenyon Barner. Can you name who was the leading rusher last season for the Eagles in the preseason?
1: Henry Jones. That's
2: correct. Uh, good call. That's correct. All right. Similar uh, question. Who will lead the Eagles in receiving in
1: Ooh. the preseason? Ooh. this is an interesting one. Um. I'm I'm trying to take a second. Th-
0: I'm trying to go through the roster yeah. beyond the first. This is interesting. I'm going to go Trey Burton. Interesting. Ooh. Very interesting. Trey Burton. I think uh, you know he's going to get a lot of a lot of reps there at the uh, the third tight end. Uh, and I think they're going to try and see what what they can get out of Trey Burton. Obviously, he's going to see an increased role uh, in 2015 after James Casey moved on after last season. So. I think this will be a big summer okay, for, for I like Trey. that. That's a good guess. And you guys know I was a big fan of him coming out of Florida. Sure. So I'm excited. I'm going to lean toward
1: Miles Austin, the crafty veteran. Interesting. Because I think, again, it's going to be a guy you're looking at. Jordan Matthews going to be a starter. He's not, you know, not going to get a ton of time. Right now, Josh Huff, Riley Cooper, during the spring, they are working in as those top guys. I'm trying to think of someone in that second tier, like a Karan Pratt, you know, someone of that ilk who might be able to have a big enough role. And you figure Miles Austin, who I still think can be productive, even though he had the freak injury last year, still think that he can put up some yards and catches. He's going against these you know, second, third teamers. I think he's going to have a chance to shine. Over but
2: him. how much do you really need to see of Miles Austin? And that's Austin a fair point, point. and I
1: think that's, that's the one thing that complicates the answer. But he's, he's still battling for a job, so I think he's going to need to prove his worth. So All right, I, will, I
2: will take Nelson Aguilar. I will, uh, okay. I will say that he, he needs the work. Uh, Fans will be play. happy about that one. I'm going to take uh, Nelson Nelson Aguilar. BT gives his nod to uh, to Josh Huff. All right, last one that is like uh, like this. Who will lead the Eagles in tackles in the preseason? Ooh. And by the way, could you name who uh, led them in receiving last year?
1: In receiving last year, I want to say Jeff Mail.
2: Uh, correct initials and correct answer.
1: Jordan Matthews.
2: Correct. Oh, Matthews. Okay. Correct. All right. Tackles. Who will lead the Eagles in tackles? Who
0: will lead the Eagles in tackles? My, my guy. Jordan Hicks. <laughs> it was like, Who's your You're guy? Jordan Hicks. <laughs> you got a lot of guys. Got <laughs> guys. <laughs> that's true. Uh, Jordan Hicks. Uh, Eagles, the Eagles third round no, pick. I think we'll see a lot of time, especially late in the game. With all the, the depth at, at inside linebacker for the Eagles, he's not going to be mm. coming in until third quarter, You know, maybe fourth quarter in the third game. So uh, I, I like Jordan Hicks here.
1: Okay. Uh, I'm going to go... I like that position. Like, I almost want to say I think that's Acho. the position where you have to say. That is the a, a position. Let me go Emmanuel Acho, a guy who I, I almost want to say led the team in tackles last season. That is preseason. correct. would we'll be back-to-back oh, oh back for double dip. That would be interesting. Has anyone ever done that in
0: Eagles preseason history? So, uh, I'll go Acho. Okay. If he does do it, you almost have to make that a verb. But much like he he, he feelied it. You know, feely. yeah. I like he that. got the AJ
2: Feely, got the Emmanuel Acho. I, I think I would have said Acho, but, but to be different, I will go with Najee Good. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> All right. So you're, sly, you're a sly one. So bad. <laughs> that's right. All right. Who will be involved in the first training camp scuffle? Does, you don't have to give me both parties, but who who, who, who will uh, one of the sides be?
1: was it last year, wasn't it McCoy and I want to uh, say I Trent might, Cole? I think you might be right. I think it was. Because yeah. because yeah. Trent was getting tired of McCoy yeah. like chipping every play and was yeah. like, dude, get this little, yeah. little guy off of me. Um, and neither of them here, so no repeat winners there. I'm trying to think of which of the O linemen is gonna is gonna break out. I'm smell I'm I'm feeling a little Andrew Gardner. Oh, okay, I can see that. I can see that. Oh, little well, Andrew Gardner. Yeah. Typically you go O lineman. Yeah,
2: typically it's either, it's uh, the Cole McCoy was odd because usually yes. it's either O line D liner or right. or corner wide receiver.
0: I'm staying in the same position. I'm gonna go Allen Barber got a little chip on his yeah, shoulder and missed most of the season yeah okay yep. i think it'll be uh, i think it'll be barber although then you're talking ones on ones although the the shady and cole was one on one ones on ones as well so we'll see oh
1: you know you know who i'm leaving out brian brayman uh, yeah. oh yeah yes
2: that's the uh, that would probably be the chalk answer i'm
1: i'm sticking with garner but now that i'm thinking about i'm just like brian brayman smells like the guy who will just be uh, first
2: this is tough. This is tough. I th- I was I was thinking about going bremen but it's too obvious. Yeah. No. Uh I'm gonna go for a kind of underdog here. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say someone uh tests the rookie Jacori Shepherd and he ah. and he bites back. Okay. All right. All right. I like it. Okay. Travis yeah.
0: Travis Rasidi.
2: Travis Rasidi, possibility. <laughs> uh well, good thing you mentioned Travis because he's a possible answer here. Okay. Who will be one of the players, if there is one, to make the team, make the 53, as an undrafted free agent? Two guys in uh, Chip Kelly's first two seasons have made it each year. Damian Square and Matt Tobin year one. Cody Parkey and Trey Burton last year. If there is one this year, who will it be?
0: I want to lean – look, I already put my uh, my faith in. I'm going to go Malcolm Bunch. Oh, really? Double down. Yeah. Guard from UCLA, yeah, athletic guy. He's got good size. Um, there is
2: there is certainly a, an opening for one of the one of the offensive I think linemen so. to make an impact.
0: Yeah, no question. So make, I, it, make a run. I'm going to go bunch. Okay.
1: I feel like the chalk answer is Denzel Rice, and I think that's where you want to lead. You did the nice little feature on him in the spring.
0: It's okay. It's
2: tough. To, a, lot of, a lot of guys, a lot of bodies in the corner are going to be tough.
1: It's Travis Rossidi. Oh, you're going to
2: Rossidi.
0: Oh,
1: interesting. When speaking with Fletcher Cox, did a one-on-one interview with him during the spring, asked him who stood out, and he went to Rossidi. So I was like... Wow. The question is, whose spot does he take? It's crowded. Because it is a crowded D-line field. So I'm going to go with Rossidi.
2: If you had gone Rice, I would have gone Rossidi since you took Rossidi. You go Rice. Rice. Of course, we saw Travis Rossidi all those months ago at the East Red Shrine game. Murphy beds. (laughs) Uh, Murphy beds. All right, last one. This is now... You're gonna to have to remind me because I know who it came down to last year, but I don't know who ended up winning. But who will be the last player on the roster to be interviewed? <laughs> last year, <laughs> last year it was oh, it was either Josh oh, Cadu it was Cadu. or Don Hawkins, <laughs> and I think it ended oh, up being Kadue, Donald Hawkins, The, the offensive lineman from, offensive from offensive Texas. 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 Okay. Uh, so Ooh, this is a fun game. This is a fun game to follow. Every training camp, the last player to be interviewed. Wow.
1: And this is including veterans. If we're saying we're yes, starting from absolutely. scratch, all 90
2: guys on the roster. Well, 89 at the moment.
1: The last soon to be 90 guy will be as we're taping this is 89. I'm just buying myself some more time.
0: This is a tough one.
1: I mentioned him earlier. Okay. I think it could be Jeff Mail. That's really? a good one. Yeah, because that's a
0: good answer. Because we're kind of past the His
1: story, the his story thing. has
2: been told. There's a There's lot of new faces. Sexy about him.
1: Yep. He's kind of sort of the forgotten guy. That's almost. a good
0: answer. You know, um,
1: but the thing about the skill position is if he catches exactly. an 80-yard touchdown, exactly right. he'll
0: be the story of the day. I mean, I, I would say Ed Reynolds, but we know one person in the media will go to him yeah. and get a, and get a story from him. That's so. right.
1: Uh, you could
2: go back to Cuplin if you want to stay at that position.
0: Yeah. But I feel like the secondary guys are going to get hit on, uh, pretty quickly. Probably. Um, that's why I'm kind of thinking maybe one of the tight ends, one of the undrafted tight ends. A good yeah. one. I good like answer. that. I like
2: that. you got to stick your – there's one. three of them. you got to stick your yeah. fork in one of them.
0: Uh, <laughs> pick one for me, and I'll go with it. No, you can't name him, can you? No. <laughs> you got there's it. Eric Tomlinson from UTEP. Uh, from, from UTEP. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to go Eric Tomlinson. Sounds great. To I, right. you Do right. you know the other two? Do you know one of the other two? No. Not right now. Not off the top of my head. Wow. Justin Fran Tukes. Is,
1: is
2: sleeping on the job. These are your guys, man. You're supposed to know these This boys. is when in the scouting
1: guys. community, this is where you win. Yeah, yeah my true. mom could What's scout Nelson Aguilar. This?
0: Guys, being <laughs> Thank you. It's good.
2: Justin Tukes from Central Florida. Sure.
1: And Andrew Gleikert
2: from Michigan State.
0: I'm gonna go Eric Tomlinson. Okay.
2: sticking with my gut. Uh, see, I think you're wrong there. <laughs> I think you're wrong because Tomlinson has that that big beard that uh, makes him noticeable. So I think somebody will talk to him.
0: <laughs> so you're thinking Gleikert.
2: I think Gleikert is, is more likely to go right. and talk to than Tomlinson. I'm going to go with uh, another undrafted rookie. I'm going to go uh, with Jordan DeWalt on DJ. <laughs> oh, jeez. The linebacker. There you go. So that's I'm not going to yeah. argue that. All right. Good. Well, that, that, that is uh, our first edition of Game Time. Now it's time to, uh, to hear from you, the fans of Eagles Insider Podcast. It's mailing it in.
1: Captain. Incoming message. Please check your mailbox. A new message has arrived.
0: And now it's time to hear from you, the fans, in our segment, Mailing It In.
2: Oh, I took my hear from you, the fans line.
1: I just like the, uh, the piano here. I wrote the script for this, Karen, so I took the line. Uh, okay. At least Frank admits to it. So it's Mailing It In. Uh, it's our last full segment here on the uh, season... Preview, pre- training camp preview edition of the Eagles Insider Podcast. We went on Twitter to solicit questions, and now we're going to delve into them. Some great questions, so let's get things rolling. At Ryan Rivel on Twitter wants to know, Plain and simple, are the Eagles a better team than they were a year ago, as Chip Kelly says?
0: Plain and simple, Yes. Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, Bo brought it up earlier. They've gotten better at a lot of the weaknesses that you looked at from closing the 2014 season. Uh, the run game, I think, is going to be better. I think there's an improvement at quarterback. Uh, the secondary has gotten better. So, in the, obviously, the front seven is going to be the front seven from a year ago. So, uh, I'm excited. I think they're definitely a better team.
2: This is hard because a year ago, I'm trying to think. I'm not thinking of the season. I'm thinking of at this time at training camp last year. Are they better than they were a year ago? And I, I think they are. Uh, the secondary is way better. The linebacking core is probably better. It's certainly better in the middle. Obviously, you don't have both Trent Cole and Brandon Graham, but I think overall they're better. The D line is better because it's the same guys and they're all a year older. The offensive line is the only position where they're where they're definitely not better, I would say. And wide receiver, it's a toss-up. So I guess I would have to say yes, they are better, and they're better at running back. So I mean, the
1: reason for optimism last year was you had Nick Foles coming off his big season. Yes. So, but I still think you have the greater upside bringing Bradford into the mix. Right. So, but I mean, and Mark Sanchez
2: is better now than he was last year. Yes.
1: So, so you go through all the other positions. To us, it's clearly that the Eagles are a better team now right. than a year ago. Next up at J Ross underscore four on Twitter wants to know what's your prediction for the starting secondary. Week one or week like week one. eight? Let's say week one.
2: I will say, I will say that Walter Thurman wins the starting safety job, and so he, him and Malcolm Jenkins. I'll go it on a limb and say Byron Maxwell wins the job. <laughs> uh, this is tough, Brilliant. you know. Nolan Carroll is the uh, nominal incumbent, but I'm I'm uh, I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm going to say Eric Rowe wins the job. I, I,
0: I, I'm going to agree across the board. I think that. Uh, Nolan Carroll stays the, as the dime player, um, and you've got Eric Rowe on the outside. I think Walter Thurman wins that safety spot, so I'm going to agree. I'm going to go with Nolan Carroll. Okay. Hangs in smart. there for the yeah. Yeah. other
1: outside cornerback spot. If it was, if we're going to go week eight, maybe right. that sure. that could bring Rowe into the mix a little more, but at least on the onset, I'm going to give it to Carroll. You know, I'm going to give a little love to Earl Wolf. Wow. And I don't know if he will win the job, per se. I mean, Walter thurman has been the throne. So you just front want to runner. talk nice about him and then say, well, I kinda, thurman. "Yeah, I think that's how." Kinda, I want to give some is. love to
2: Ed Reynolds. He's not going to win the job, <laughs> but what a nice guy!
1: But I feel like Earl Wolf is someone who has proven that he could be. The question with him is health, right? So I'm, I'm going to go on a limb. I'm going to say Earl Wolf on this. Nice. One. I will. I will say Earl Wolf. Just again, he's flashed at times in the past. It's the knee, right? That's the biggest question with him. So I'm going to go with Earl Wolf. Okay, I like that. I like it. All right, number three at King Keith double underscore wants to know who will be the two starting inside linebackers.
0: Was Again, King Keith with one? Was, was, going, was King Keith with one underscore taken? <laughs> it might have been. It's a great question.
1: Uh, week one, it's not specified, but I'm going to say for the season opener Monday night, September 14th in Atlanta in the Georgia Dome. Who are the two for starting the season
2: guys? opener? I think it's going to be Michael Kendricks and Kiko Alonso. I think I I know that D'Amico is is very advanced in his uh, rehab from the torn Achilles, but it happened mid to late season. That's a long time. Like, is he going to be fully ready? You know, if anybody would be, it would be it would be D'Amico. Um, but I I'll play the odds and say and say Kiko and Kendricks week
0: one. I think this storyline maybe more so than any of the others. I'm most excited to see how it plays out in terms of how the 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 coaching staff decides to deploy these three guys um, because they all obviously have very specific skill sets and you know I think that Kendricks and Kiko are very similar in that they you know they share a lot of the same traits and D'Amico obviously brings so much to the table. Um, I'll be interested to see how you know are there going to be ways they can get all three on the field and if so what does does that make the rest of the defense look like? But uh, for week one starting lineup I'm going to go D'Amico and Kiko.
2: Yeah, I think that's very possible.
0: It is very possible. I think,
1: At least I think in early rundowns, I think that's where D'Amico right. is going to be brought in more. So I could very easily see the fir- if you're going for the first defensive alignment of the season, sure. I think it could be those yeah, two. Yeah, and yes. Demico
2: I mean Demico's value is I mean this is a silly thing to say, but his value is being on the field, being, you know, running the defense, being uh, uh, the guy to diagnose plays, being in the huddle. That's his that's his biggest value. Um, whereas, you know, you could see a scenario where Michael Kendricks, uh, is just as, as good if he's only on third downs, uh, maybe same with Kiko, but listen, Kiko in 2013 played every single defensive snap for the Bills, So it's not like he's a, he's a two down player. Right. Um, so I I think generally, I think it will end up being if he stays healthy to D'Amico and Kiko. Right. But, uh. I mean, what? A, it's a great situation to be in because Michael Kendricks is. If he is the third linebacker, he's the best third linebacker in the league.
0: And I'm excited because I think Kendricks gives you the ability to maybe put him outside as well. We saw that even a year ago when uh, you know there were snaps against. I can think of uh, against Washington uh, in the in week 16 where he lined up over Trent Williams, one of the best tackles in the NFL, and beat him clean. Not even just beat him with speed. Like I mean, used his hands, beat him clean with a rip move, dipped his shoulder and uh, and got to the quarterback. So. Uh, Kent, how they use those three guys is going to be very interesting to me. Certainly, I will
1: agree with Fran. I'm going to go with D'Amico and Kiko for the starting week one inside linebackers. Uh, our fourth question comes from at Dubsco 12 and wants to know, Fran just touched on this a little bit, who will be the number three outside linebacker? We're going into it with Connor Bowen and Brandon Graham are your starters. Well, who takes Graham's role from a year ago when he was a number three guy?
2: Well, as Fran just hinted, I think there's a possibility that you will see um, a little bit of Michael Kendricks in that role uh, or maybe even Kiko Alonso. But of the guys who are actually outside linebackers, I guess the two, the two main contenders would be Marcus Smith or Travis Long. Uh, not to count out Brian Brayman or, or my good friend Jordan DeWalt on D-Joe. But um, this is tough. I, think, I, think, I mean, I think I would lean Travis Long. He was going to make the team last year uh he's he's a little more advanced in the defense. I mean, I think we're all hoping that it's Marcus Smith. No doubt. Uh but you know, uh nerf gun to my head right now, I would say. I would say Travis
0: Long. What'll be interesting and this is obviously a a multi-layered question too because you know, there's all the different sets and all the different subgroups. So, uh the third outside linebacker coming off the bench might be on nickel downs in which case it might be a defensive end so you might see Vinnie Curry more out there, you know. So it could be uh, you know, maybe if it's a passing down, uh, that it's Vinnie Curry and maybe if it's a running down, maybe it's Kendricks or maybe it's Marcus. Smith. I, I I think I'm going to lean Marcus Smith here. Uh, and it might just be that that's what I'm really, really hoping for it to be. But, um, I'm going to go to answer the question. I'm going to go Marcus Smith, but I think it'll be multi-layered. I think you might see, you know, you're going to see Vinnie Curry take more snaps. I think you're gonna see Kendricks get more snaps outside. Uh, I think it'll be multi-layered.
2: I think that Marcus Smith is, is ready to contribute, uh, as in coverage as an outside linebacker, sure. but where he needs to really improve is, is as a pass rusher.
1: It'll be exciting to watch in the preseason. Yeah. And that's what it seems like he was focusing on all offseason. Mm-hmm. It's a shame that he got injured and we couldn't really see him, but at the same time, the spring is not really where you're focused on the defense. This is the time when you start seeing the defense. They get the pads on. They can do a lot more than in the spring when typically the skill position players take flight. I'm going to go Marcus Smith. You know, I, you've seen other first-year pass rushers struggle. Sure. I hope he can make the transition. I think it's, it's also that is you're hoping that they invested a the first round, picking him, that he can take that step and be a contributor on this team. I'm going to go with Marcus Smith for the number three guy. All right. So, gentlemen, that does it for the training camp Going to be back in the saddle. No question. Edition of the Eagles Insider Podcast. Again, remember to subscribe. We have individual channels for all of our podcasts, so make sure to subscribe, whether it's iTunes or Stitcher. Make
0: sure you subscribe to... The Beyond Amazon Pod, server.
2: that's what I use. You use Beyond Pod? Do you yeah. Use Beyond Pod. Yeah. Really? Excellent. Interesting. I, I don't, I don't use... get
0: on my work phone, at least. All right. Okay. I mean, I and again, go to whatever your provider is. Go on, find the channel, rate it, and I'm leave us a subscribed. comment. Exactly. Have you left a comment yet?
2: Eagles Insider Podcast, Eagle Lie in the Sky Podcast, yep. sure to the Draft Podcast.
1: Subscribe to them all. Here we and, go. The them
0: all. Yes. and the official. Collect Philadelphia Eagles Podcast. Yes. Collect them all. For
3: everything
1: else. So... For Bo and Fran Duffy, I'm Chris McPherson. Thank you very much for joining us on the Eagles Insider Podcast.